The results are clear. Corruption is legal in America. It's not as if people want the truth. They don't want the truth. Fake news is one of the classic collective action problems of our era. Good morning, bad news. Not everything is bad in the world. In fact, there's a lot of good going on. I'm Darian Parker. And I'm Aisela. Join us as we talk about what's good in the world. This has been a long time in the making, I think, Aisela. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, gosh, we... I don't remember. Oh, we went, we met on the Wisdom app. Wisdom. That's right. That's <laughs> like, this is the best thing I got out of that. I mean, it was a great, it's a great community, <laughs> but I definitely feel like this was, and it was actually content driven. Uh, Darian and I were both on, if you haven't heard of Wisdom, you're amongst many people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we, we ended up hopping into each other's little chats because we were talking about, I think, similar things and also the, the way that you talked about it, I found to be inviting and well aligned. And then we ended up sharing guests for podcasts. And uh, next thing you know, it's like, hey, why don't we try something? Yeah, now we're trying something. So it's, what's <laughs> so good in the world is really awesome. I think we just, you know, I was chatting with you. I was like, man, we need to do something together. And it feels like the kind of the gravity of the world is feels like it can be negative based off of the news you're receiving, the environment you're in. But uh, like when you'll hear everyone who listens to this in our um, the intro theme song, there's a lot of good things happening in the world. <laughs> and we just yeah. want to share those things with you. So I th think with that, we're going to definitely share a few stories apiece about something that is uh, hopefully not too crazy, but crazy enough, <laughs> make it fun. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, and it's something that when we were talking about, you know, what to try, uh, Darian and I both acknowledge that we tend to be serious people. So the goal yeah. here <laughs> is, uh, and I, I can't say that I won't continue to be serious, but this will be positive and serious if it is. <laughs> Positively serious. It'll be. I will be seriously positive. <laughs> Let's be seriously positive. Be seriously positive. I have a story I want to share. All right. I, I want to hear it. I'm ready. I thought it was actually like. Um, I, I like heartwarming stuff. I'm like very into stuff that's heartwarming, but, uh, there's this guy, uh, so I'm gonna bring it up here on my phone here. So this gentleman who his name is Mo Hunter and he spent a month in a coma, um, hmm. from, he had this illness and it was like, uh, meningitis and tuberculosis was in his brain. And uh, he had no artistic ability beforehand like zero interest in arts and crafts artistic ability but he came out of this coma and he was like obsessed with art uh, so he says i really wasn't creative before in the slightest in fact people used to laugh at my drawings uh, and so he said but he came out of it feeling like he wanted to do art so he's from england and he's, he fought for his life uh, they installed a shunt to drain fluid from his brain, which left him in a coma, which is how uh, he got into that situation. He woke up. He had no memory. He woke up on October 13, 2004. I don't remember anything before 2004, he said. Nothing. Crazy. Hmm. Everything has been relayed to me by family and friends, but I can't believe this newfound ability. Everyone's shocked by it. Uh, and now he actually, I believe he sells his art and he spends a lot of time creating art. Pretty awesome. Hmm. I think like that is amazing, right? Like what the brain does, 
Like, mm-hmm. where was this ability before, you know? Right. I mean, was it there? And you just, it, or did it get somehow created through the shift in his brain activity? Like, I mean, I guess we'd never know. But that is really, it's a good reminder that there are likely many things in here <laughs> that we don't know and what, what could it, what could be opened up by, you know, hopefully other means, but still even something that could seem like a tragedy might have a, a new opportunity within it. Yeah. I was like, I've heard of this before. Like you see it in a movie. Normally it's like someone in a movie, something happens. It's usually like a very hokey rom-com movie or something person wakes up out of a hospital bed miraculously out of a coma they look mm-hmm. amazing by the way they look amazing in the coma it's like your hair is it, always really nicely done. done right yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's like beautiful that's how look, i look in the morning too always. right right so, yeah. very put together <laughs> right <laughs> right and i've never like, looked that put together so. <laughs> i guess i need a coma <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it's always a story this new ability and things of that nature and it just I think it shows in real life the potential of the human brain and the potential to uh, be creative. There's so much we don't know about our brain. I mean, we know a lot, but then these type of stories, I think, make it interesting to be like, well, what could we accomplish? I mean, hopefully we don't have to go through a coma for it, but what could we accomplish if we applied ourselves more too? you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one of the reasons. I mean, the. The I, you know, I get on my little soapboxes, but it's people tend to be multifaceted and and frequently the 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 reasons that they don't express their their many opportunities and possibilities is less because of them and more because there's something in their way right and so yeah. i think you know that the transformation of something like a tragedy can be that you you get to start over and so the things that were in your way aren't um and sometimes that's an idea about yourself or sometimes it's a systemic issue that you're facing um, or it could be, you know, your community or whatever. And so like the ways in which we can uplift and support each other to kind of come over those, uh, I would say unnatural, but ever persistent barriers is uh, is one of my motivations for doing stuff like this is that, yeah. you know, together we all rise together. And how do we create that opportunity? Because what would happen if more people got inspired like that and felt that drive to create and really let themselves live in it? Um, how do we, how do we create a world where that's more, uh, more normal? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Here's celebrated. a question. Here's a question. Do you have a hidden talent or creative piece that other people don't know about you? Well, I mean, I don't know if it's hidden. I'm a writer. I actually am working on, I'm working with a writing coach to get my first novel written in the next six months. I'll put that out there publicly now. Yay. <laughs> Yay. It's out there now. <laughs> Come on. Get it out. Come on. <laughs> So, yeah, so I get, I started that process and you know, I don't know if that's hidden. I have a lot of people know that I write, but I don't know if anybody, I don't know if anyone modern in my life knows that it is that deeply mo- important to me. So, well, they know now. So that's, do. <laughs> <laughs> so it's over my hidden talent. <laughs> What's yours? What's your hidden? Oh man. Uh, or less obvious, uh, pursuit, <laughs> less obvious pursuit. Well, um, I would say music is probably a less obvious pursuit. Like a lot of my professional existence is fitness and wellness. And obviously I have a podcast and stuff like that. But back in mid 2000s or so, I was making a lot of music. Uh, huh. 
and like enjoyed making it through the computer and stuff beats and all that and uh it was it was less about like putting it out it was more of just like i like the tedious nature of making things which mm-hmm. i think you and i talked about this doing like yeah. task you know mm-hmm. no i do i like that um there's a there's a meditative quality to it i just finished working on i, I was knitting a scarf um and it was a little complicated but there's this tedious like repetitiveness to knitting that is quite soothing and meditative actually (laughs) yeah exactly so it's uh i mean i think there's a lot of things like that i think some people um i mean i was an athlete in college track athletes people find running to be very meditative and Mm -hmm. uh, oh it is right right? there's a creative streak (laughs) to especially long distance running i was a sprinter but uh we i put in a lot of miles regardless (laughs) i know what it did you know there's a meditative kind of creative streak especially if you're um kind of unplugged i find Mm -hmm. with it a lot of people are plugged into some sort of stimulus but i think without it you start to open up your mind to other opportunities Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah i so when i was young um my dad used to go deer hunting i'd visit him in the summers this relates i promise and, <laughs> it's not a and, random um, story. <laughs> yeah it's not totally random but he just made me think of that and um the last year that he got i was with him and we we went out and we climbed this tree ha- stand together and you wait for the deer to come out and he used to bow and arrow so we, and he i swear i mean at the time i felt like we were there for an eternity i was like 14 uh, I, it was maybe like six or seven hours, right? Waiting for dusk and for the deer to come down to the water. And I had my Walkman and my book and something else. And he just was sitting there listening to what the, the, the leaves. I mean, I, I mean, I was 14, so I had no curiosity whatsoever. I was like, yeah, cool. This is what we're doing. I got my Pepsi, you know, and, and what you're saying now, like that lack of stimulus, because it wasn't so much a lack of stimulus was as an attunement to nature, that was quite different than mine because of his experience and his own knowledge and skills of it. And I think there is something that we lose because we've moved so fast all the yeah. time that, that, uh, you know, there's a benefit to that. And the, the running without that thing in your ear, which I admit I always have, but the, <laughs> the, I mean, I'm still 14, I guess in that way, but, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think yeah. that's a really, it's the sweet to remember that to it be in that experience and what is it to just be here like what you said in one of our shows that we did before that you know there's an external motivation we need and maybe that part of that motivation can be to simply be in that experience yeah we're so. off to a good start this yeah. is good <laughs> okay I always leads to other things you know mm-hmm. and that i think are interesting but uh what's your story what's your next what's the next story yeah well i have i have i have two but i'll start with this one i'll send you a link um uh, my friend told me about this yesterday. It actually happened in July. Uh, they have made carbon neutral jet fuel. So they've mm. synthesized it rather than mining it. And um, and they're specifically using this as an EU program um, that's called, I want to say solar. I, I pulled up the link so I wouldn't have to have it all in my head. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's a, it's called you know, solar to fuel or something like that. So they are making the, they've made a solar reactor in order to create this kerosene so that it will be carbon neutral. So when the, when it's created and burned, it emits less than or equal to um, what they sequester 
or don't produce in the creation of it. So that we, because that's one of the things, you know, I do a lot of work in climate justice and the reality is like, I'm just, you know, like I said, I have my headphones, you know, I like, I'm doing this podcast, I like my laptop, I like my electric energy and I like heat, you know, all these things. And, and so we have to recognize that, you know, climate change and climate action is going to require some of these innovations and people are doing it. They're innovating a way for us to still be able to fly over to Europe and see things and yet not do it at the expense of our environment. So I find that to be very heartwarming and exciting. I like it's highly geeky we're, as we're well. Going, we're going to go in different directions on these stories today. I feel, <laughs> I'm like my second story. I'm like, oh man, this is nothing like that. <laughs> well, we but can I, see, and the you know, and also like the you know, I brought a couple, but I'm also happy to to pick a theme if you want to at some point. We oh, this see. is great. I like okay. the surprise. <laughs> You're going with like the cerebral, like <laughs> feeling story. Mine's gonna be like weird happenings. I'm telling you, it's just like this mm-hmm. might be my lane, like the weird stories that are happening. Like, do I like it? <laughs> yeah, but I I love that. I I'm very much into um, climate and climate justice and understanding the importance of the environment. And uh, if you've never heard me before, uh, the origin of that for me is clearly my psychedelic use. Just putting it out there. It's mm-hmm. just what I, I put everything out there about me. There's nothing. I don't hide anything. <laughs> what it is. But I feel like um, I've read some articles about um, electric planes, actually, that had, that actually are currently in production in regional airports or regional mm-hmm. flights. So these are good steps um, towards uh, a more climate efficient um, transportation in the air. Because I think a lot of us know we're in this that air travel is tends to be a, a pretty large culprit. Yeah. of of uh, air pollutants, things of that nature. So this is a very positive story with that. Right. Like, and that's, to me, it's just a, what, one more point in that, you know, the, there are reasons to be concerned. I mean, a lot of the, the issues that we see today can be tracked to climate change. Like a lot of the refugees that are fleeing different, different war-torn countries, part of the reason yeah. the wars are occurring is the decreased resources. Like there's a through line that we can see. And just understanding that these are man-made crises, they're expressed in nature. But the upside of that is, is that if we as humans made those crises, that we should be able to create the tools to address them, whether it's a limit in our actions or, in this case, an innovation. Um, and that gives me a lot of hope that that maybe that we together will be able to take care of each other um, and, you know, still have heat and trips to see people and need things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I kind of think, you know. And we do our part together. So I'll say I'll I'll share my second story. Please uh, do. Well, and we can end cap with yours. My other one is uh so this is actually an older uh story that um I heard about uh more recently, but I loved it. It's uh called Grandmother Power, Improving Mental Health One Conversation at a Time. I don't know if you've uh heard of this program, uh, because it's been around for about 15 years, it looks like. But um, this gentleman in Zimbabwe, uh, is a met- he was one of, at the time, I want to say two psychiatrists in the country. And um, he had a young girl who was, her family had reported that she was uh, suicidal. And so he was like, why don't you have her come in, send her bus money. Uh, but there was uh, some challenges and ended up not seeing her. And she did end up taking her own life. And he recognized that. He couldn't be everywhere. He couldn't be in these communities where these people who had real need for that kind of support. And so 
he went in and trained the grandmothers in the communities and trained them in um, how to recognize what they call common mental health disorders, depression, anxiety, kind of thing. And then to do um, what they call, uh, I think it's called problem solving uh, therapy, as well as uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. So they go sit on the benches and community members would come and sit next to them and they'd say, how are you doing? And they, the, the grandmas kind of had a, a, a training and how to en- encourage the conversation, but they also had a connection to the community, right? They lived there. And then um, they would help these young people or any, honestly anyone, but it was, you know, they ex- primarily expected it to young people kind of work through the things they were facing, which is often uh, resource issues. But because once again, uh, these people lived in the community, they were able to provide practical support. And so it 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 was highly successful. They replicated it uh, all over the country. And they've talked about even replicating it here in, in like the U.S. in places like New York, where uh, there's a density of population similarly and a very limited amount of access to mental health. And it also gives these older uh, members of community a purpose, something they can do that provides a real benefit to the people in their uh, locale. So it's kind of a neat program that really brings in a bunch of different things to provide a very necessary service. Oh, that's pretty cool, actually. It right? <laughs> reminds me of this high school that's in... Uh, this area here in kind of the Whatcom County, um, very northern Washington state. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a generational high school. And I guess the whole term oh. is basically that it's not a normal high school. We generally like math, science, the whole thing. The, the whole aspect is, is that kind of the community participates in the high school. So they bring in kind of like elders and people who come in and mentor and talk to the high schoolers throughout the day. And so you get kind of this mm-hmm. this village raising people mentality uh, with it, and it seems mm-hmm. very similar. You can't you're you're scaling something, which is essentially what it seems like this person was doing, uh, using the people in the community to be, um, in in, in many ways the workers uh, for helping with this and and relaying the message. Uh, I love when people come together to help each other, mm-hmm. and things like this. I think it's it's a huge theme that it needs to be put out there more often today and especially in our society that we're better together than we are apart. Yeah. Well, and in that we have, we all have something to offer, right? You know, my, my uncle used to say, sometimes people give you the opportunity to see what not to do. And I would say, (laughs) I have, I have on occasion been that example, but still something to offer, like, yeah, don't follow that example. Um, We all have a way that we can show up and participate. And there is, Honestly, I think most people really want to. I mean, if you you have kids and and I have mm-hmm. kids and I just, you know, when they're young, they're so willing to share and they want to help. Like, like it's, you know, you're sitting there and you're trying to get your your job, your kitchen floor cleaned or whatever. And then you want to help. And you're like, oh, <laughs> but yeah. you have to let them help because you have to show them that their contribution matters and that they can be part of of doing that so that they feel like they they understand because they start out wanting to. And so, like, once again, not getting in that way and supporting that, um, it, I think it leads to people who who grow up like this and think, I want to <laughs> help my whole country. Right. Like right. That's so me. Ma- I think it's so amazing that he said he said something like 70,000 people in the. 10 or 15 years have been trained and, and gone wow. through this in some fashion. Um, I might be misquoting. I sent 
some links and I will, I'll include them and stuff so that that way, if you want to yeah. fact check me, go for it. <laughs> yeah. Fact check us anytime. It's totally fine. Anytime. I'm okay <laughs> being wrong. What's the big deal being wrong? I don't mm-hmm. know. It's just, you're wrong about a lot of things in life. I mean, I, I think about the stuff I used to be into that I thought was a certain way is different now. It's just growth. That's all it is. is oh, growth. right. You know? I know like 10 years ago, there were things that I was like, this is how it is that now I'm like, oh, please do not repeat this to me. <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think most of us have that, right? Like you said, that's part of growing. We wouldn't, yeah. we wouldn't want to be the same as we were 10 years ago. I'm definitely not the same. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm always on the move with something. And uh, I just, I love the helping. This story is so heartwarming to me. I think it's just helping other serving other people is really important. It may be not a greater time than right now to help serve other people and give of yourself. And um, especially with mental health being such a very large component uh, coming through COVID, those things, it's, it's such a important topic to discuss and, and to have good news about that. I think it's really Mm -hmm. important as well. Yeah. So all right, I'm going to go with my story here, my next story here. I'm ready for this it. Up. This one, again, I think I got I got the different stories here. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> All right, this one, I, I, immediately when I thought we were doing this, I'm like, I'm going to go in a very different direction than I normally would probably go. But this one's called What a Power Couple. Uh, what a Power Couple Friendship Looks Like. So essentially, it's about these women, Anna Corzin and Mackenzie Morrison, they're more than best friends. They consider themselves to be soulmates. Hmm. The really cool thing about it is they are 52 years apart in age. Huh. Okay. <laughs> so um, the age gap is very interesting. They said it makes their bond stronger, uh, even though they have totally different backgrounds in every possible way. We're really soulmates. So basically they met each other and one was in the television career industry, the uh, older lady and other one, uh, is building an online filing. So basically the younger woman helped the older woman become a TikTok star. Oh, <laughs> there, there you go. Right. So <laughs> she helped her. It was like, they were just building all this stuff that they were doing together. And she's like, you know, I can help you put together a really good branding campaign, all this stuff for the work you're doing. And the older lady didn't know a lot about it, but she really helped her out. So they really had no plan, but it ended up being a perfect plan. And in a matter of days, Annie, the older lady, had 200,000 followers. <laughs> wow. Wow. I mean, it was quick, right? I mean, and she said, this is the first time in my life, uh, the older lady, that I'm being called beautiful. Hmm. Uh, the commenters say, you're gorgeous. You're beautiful. I love your outfit. I love your hair. I love your style. You look so great. She said, I've never heard this in my life, especially not in Hollywood. What a blessing that is, you know, when two people from very different generations come together, again, the story of helping each other, being there for each other, and a positive story about social Mm -hmm. media, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, and that's, I mean, let's be honest, the reason we get so frustrated with social media is because it does have the power to be a positive influence. There are people I know that live up in the mountains that for them through COVID, Facebook was like the way they were able to actually engage with people. And so that's that's the part that could sometimes be kind of a bummer because like, look at that. It has so much opportunity for a powerfully positive uh, connection and amplification. So that's so sweet. That is sweet. I mean, think about I, I wouldn't have known you if it wasn't for some version of app or program, mm-hmm. social media. 
you know, just that collision, uh, which isn't funny. Like I spent almost negative amount of time on uh, wisdom, the wisdom app. I I just stopped being on it very quickly. Um, Just because I had a lot of other things going on. But I mean, what did I get out of that? The primary thing, the best thing I got out of that was meeting you easily. That was easily the best part of that. Right. So it's like it was worth it to try it. Uh, Nothing else for that, you know. Well, and I'll say that that's for me, Twitter was that for a long time, I'm kind of the, I'm, I'm interested to see what, what the mm-hmm. next evolution is, but the number of people that I've met on Twitter that are from different walks of life, different parts of the world, different um, backgrounds that I've learned and grown through those actual genuine connections, like not, not just back and forth tweets, but like yeah. a real engagement. And, and that's the promise of it. The promise of it is that that opportunity to connect and it's the, I don't know whether it's the profit motive or something that takes us away from that, but, but it can happen. Um, I think for me, the biggest part is to make it, to recognize that we have to use the tools and not let the tools use us. Like, like you said, you had a lot of things going on and you were able to say, oh, I can't give this too much of my time, Yeah. but you had, you know, we had this opportunity, we connected and we continued to engage in different um, you know, shared things. I have so many guests who came on my show because I, you were like, Hey, you should invite this person. I had a good conversation with them. And I'm like, thank you. I will. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, why not? Why not? I mean, it's just like, it's just a conversation, but you never know where it leads. I mean, I'm sure those two ladies, they probably never thought they would be friends. You know I mean? They thought, well, you think the age gap is so big and how would they even meet each other? But they had a passion together for, for fashion. That mm-hmm. was like their link and they connected and then they found out that they had just this very soulful connection. They just wanted to be around each other all the time. Mm-hmm. I think that's just yeah. amazing, you know? Yeah, no, it's really sweet. Well, and it's something I think about sometimes, you know, the way that we, at least in America and culturalized is we spend a lot of time with people who are right in our age, right? Like yeah. third grade or whatever. We used to have that multi-room classroom or multi-age classroom and it's it's a unnatural to be around people that are just your age. There's very few times in your life where that's how how it breaks down, right? Like it's usually interest based or job based or community based, and there's this cro- across differences engagement that you don't get in school. It's everybody's right there in the same place. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, it's it's funny. They mentioned in the story how uh, the the younger lady she said she would always just hang out with people her age and then she would just compare herself to the Mm -hmm. people her age. And she didn't like that feeling. And that comparison aspect, I think it becomes a part of that, that narrative sometimes is like, well, I'm not as good as this person or that person. We're at the, we're the same age, but we're at different points of our lives and success and stuff. And uh, I think it just broke down those barriers for those two ladies. And I think, I just think like when you meet someone, there's a magic in meeting people and there's a magic in meeting specific people. I have this whole mm-hmm. thing. Like this is like a big thing with me. I know okay. a lot of people, but there's very few people that I want to spend a lot of time with. That's mm-hmm. not a negative thing for me personally. It's just that it's all about the feels for me, the connection. And if I feel yeah. that connection, then I want to invest more time. in it doesn't mean that the people I don't spend a lot of time with aren't important to me. It's literally just like a feeling for me for Mm -hmm. that. 
Well, I mean, we can't, it, it's also practical, right? Like if yeah. you want to spend this much with everybody, you know, eventually just everything's very simple, like limited and shallow. And, um, and so the, the opportunity to recognize like, oh, this thing right here, this is an exciting partnership or this person, like, I do believe that there are ways in which other people help us open doorways into ourselves yeah. and we can help them. That is unique. And I kind of celebrate that because it, it means there's enough to go around, right? Like yeah. if it's unique, then I don't have to do that for everybody. And not everybody I mean has to do that for B. But when it, when it fits, it's kind of amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. I actually talked to my buddy Simon about this, who I met through my podcast. And we do uh, uh, every two week deal about reviewing 80s movies, Arbiters <laughs> of Bad Taste. It's hilarious, by the it way. It's so fun. <laughs> it's so much fun. And um, and we, we, we were talking about this exact thing. And it was kind of like we called it like the hang factor. And I know for me, it's all about the hang factor. Like when I meet someone, if I'm going to spend more time, do I envision myself being able to hang with this person, hang out with this person? Mm -hmm. To someone or I envision this person like it's nice to know this person, but I, I probably wouldn't want to like have a beer with them. You know, mm -hmm. I like or I wouldn't want to just spend a lot of time with them. It's not negative for me with that. It's just it's how they make me feel. Mm -hmm. So and I mentioned to him on the episodes coming out tomorrow is like I want to be someone people feel like they want to hang with. Like <laughs> I love that. Like I just love that. I, I can see somebody and be like that person's fun. Mm -hmm. I can tell that person's fun. People love being around them. I like to be that person. I like really enjoy that. Nice. Well, you know, I look forward when you are, are out in out in the, the Colorado area. Exactly. We'll, we'll have to hang. It's all about the <laughs> hang factor. I'm telling you, I it's like, and I feel like you know it pretty pretty quickly when you meet somebody. You know mm -hmm. the hang factor. It's like, uh, okay, you know, this is a nice kind of more surfacey thing, and you know, maybe this one's a little deeper. And then there's a few people. Where it's like we're gonna be hanging out, man. Mm -hmm. Like we're just gonna be some crazy stories. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I know. When I was in high school, I used to do things based for a little while on what's this is going to be a great story. Yes, I still do <laughs> and, that. <laughs> and, then, and then you're just like, you know, sometimes that I'm like, all right, you know, well, let's see what happens. At the very least, it'll be a great story, right? Like, yeah, I tried this thing, so <laughs> I still do that. It's that I'm much more responsible about it. But uh, I'm still like, I'll turn to somebody. I'll be like, you know what? It's all about the story. Let's go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's see what happens. <laughs> and we'll have fun, right? Like yeah. that's the, the thing about my close friends is we we could do something ridiculous or we could chill at the house and, and yep. have some tea. And it's all going to be really joyful. And I think that is just important to remember, too, that, you know, this what's good in the world is that, you know, there's a lot of messages that tell us that that what's going to satisfy us is over there. And yeah. actually it's just right here. It really is. <laughs> you get, you got it all right here. Right here. You got it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and so, you know, it's okay if you don't have that fancy car or the funky house or whatever it is, like those things are, I mean, I, we all need shelter, but uh, yes. you know what I'm talking about? Like that next level of like commodification, it's just a distraction. You know, you, yeah. you you can you can chill out in your couch. Your couch does not have to be fancy or new. It's no. still going to be, you know, if it's uncomfortable, put a blanket over that. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You're like, let's just you're cover that up. Let's just cover it up. You're just, just like, like add some padding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it kind of reminds me some of the best times I've had have been in like 
crazy dive bars like that don't look like you would not go in. But I've mm-hmm. had like the best times. I've had like amazing times in super high end places. It's just, you know, it, it's the vibe, though. It's the people for mm-hmm. that. And I just feel like I'm trying to be very intuitive about that in my life. It's like, OK, I'm feeling something here. I need to pers- I need to pursue that. And I think also like I like when people are very much like positive back and yeah. like they show you their positivity. They show you they want to be around you like that is very attractive to me in connecting with people. And uh, I, I felt like that with you. I felt like you like I would put something out or something and you're like, oh, I'm going to reshare. You should reshare, reshare or you're, mm-hmm. you know, message me something. I'm like, oh, this person is like reaching out and being mm-hmm. positive. And uh, I encourage anybody, listen, reach out and be positive. It makes a huge difference in how you feel about things. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's very inspiring. I, mean, I feel that that same way that, you know, when I reply or respond, having somebody engage and be yes. interested and excited, like it's a, it's an amplifier, it, you know, it, it helps everything to to get a little bit bigger. And the, the other thing I'll add is look for things to be positive about. It's, it's just like, once again, everything that comes to our door it comes to our door because somebody else wants us to have it. And usually in our commodified society, that means they're trying to create a need in us. And, <laughs> and that need is probably are about something they want to sell us. And so if you make an intention about where you put your energy and your focus, you look for, you know, things that uplift you or things that are going to bring you into the world you want to be in, you're in a lot more control over how you feel uh, and, and what you're focused on and, and how that shows up. So that would be my my tip. So look for something positive. Tell look us what's some, good in the world. <laughs> tell us what's good in the world. I'm going to tell you what's good from the stories that I presented today is just like there is probably some amazing creative streak that you have inside you. More than likely, I feel most people are very creative on some form. Mm-hmm. Move towards that creativity. And the second story, move towards connecting with people, no matter what age they are. Um, where they come from, whatever it is, you may be, you may be finding your next best friend. You never know. So be creative and connect with other people that you don't know. I second that. I think that's a great thing to, to end on. You might find your next best friend if you look. <laughs>